0: Welcome to the Practical Prospecting Podcast with myself and co-host Sujan Patel, where in under 15 minutes, we're going to teach you practical tips to book more outbound meetings. Let's get into today's show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Practical Prospecting Podcast. I'm here with uh, Sujan Patel and myself, Jed Marley. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about Something I don't see talked about too much in sales content, which is how to actually master your offer when you're doing outbound messaging. I'm super excited to talk about this one. We have some interesting examples from Mailshake as well. But yeah, we're gonna get started in just a moment. Sujin anything to add before we before we jump in?
1: Yeah, I don't know about you, but I get the worst pitches all the time. I mean, I like being the CEO, like being having an online profile that people know about and have a personal brand, or whatever. I get pitches all the time, and in my opinion. The problem with outbound sales is not like interrupting somebody, cold calling, emailing. It's just the offer, the pitch is just super weak. It's not compelling. It's out of the blue and it doesn't align with what I care about. Now, my point is, those things you could figure out pretty quickly if you spent like 30 seconds on someone's profile, right? So, you know, I got the worst cold call yesterday. It it was a good, attempt but it was a worst offer right it was a worst like starting thing i got a call yesterday and they're like tell me about your scaling mail shake and the issues you're running through your plans for scaling mail shake and i'm like who are you why would i tell you that like that's a great question once you get me hooked in right so like if you talk to me about like if, if the pitch was in my opinion hey, like we know bootstrap isn't hard. Scaling and growing a bootstrap company must be hard because of blah, blah, blah. Like, is that something you're dealing with? Or like, does that resonate with you? Or even just like, how do you compete with funded companies? You know, I know you have 104 competitors according to G2 Crowd or G2. Like, what do you do? How do you stand out? Are you scale? And then like, that might get me to interrupt. Like, like Or even like, we know our biggest competitor's outreach. If someone just like, hey, how the heck are you competing with outreach? Isn't that like, how does like, how do you compete with the Goliath in this space? Boom. You've got my interest for like a second, right? And then you could follow up and like, tell me about your plans of scaling milkshake. Like, I'm not going to tell you my like plans of scaling milkshake. I don't know who you are. Anyways, rant over back to you, Jed. Let's. How do you craft an offer? How do you kind of start to think about this and formulate this?
0: Yeah, so I think you get a gave a really good example because the first part is coming in with a hypothesis, right? So if you're making a cold call or you're sending a cold email, the only goal of like your opener in the cold call or that first sentence in a cold email is to build enough trust to have an additional 30 seconds, right? And you don't do that by just coming in asking a super open-ended question. It's coming in by having a hypothesis. So like to your point, you just gave a bunch of examples, Susan, but they could have called you and said, Maybe another example is like, hey, you know, I see you launched a podcast a few months ago. You guys are doing a lot of brand awareness on LinkedIn. Um, how has that been going? Have you run into any issues scaling? And then your offer could be around ideas you have for how Mailshake could increase brand awareness, right? And so that's kind of like, I guess, the central theme of what I want to talk about when it comes to mastering your offer. The first step is coming in with some sort of hypothesis that to Susan's point can typically be done with you know, 30 seconds to a few minutes of research on someone's LinkedIn profile. Yeah, that's that's the biggest piece. But one question I want everyone to kind of ask themselves, who's listening to this podcast, that will help you and has helped me at Mailshake with kind of coming up with our offer, and I'll break down some of Mailshake's examples, is if you had to make your demo worth paying for. So if you were going to make your sales rep start charging for your demos, what would you do differently? And the reason why that question helps is because it positions you to think about. How can I provide the most value possible on this call so that it just makes complete sense for my prospects to want to take a meeting with me? And so, I'll break down Mailshake's example of kind of how we went about doing this uh, and how y'all can start doing something like this as well. And it kind of started with us looking at the market of, like Susan said, 104 competitors, whatever it is, and uh, trying to find our clear differentiator and uh, something that is not vague, uh, which, like you know, user friendliness can be. Subjective and things of that nature, but we basically realize that MailShake offers the best features around deliverability, and deliverability is a huge problem in the space right now. And so, taking that question of how do we make our demos worth paying for, instead of saying, Hey, do you want to jump on a call? You know, instead of like calling Sujin, for example, being like, Hey, do you want to jump on a call and see how our software can help you with email deliverability? You know, if email deliverability is a problem for Sujin, maybe he'll take that call. But the problem is, most of your ICP is not in the market whenever you're calling them. And so instead of saying that, we might say, hey, you know, Sujan, I see you're scaling your SDR team. You guys are probably sending out a lot more emails. Would it be helpful to jump on a call and we can share with you some ideas for how you can start improving deliverability on your own? And so that's kind of an idea of crafting a relevant offer, right? We're not even talking about our software and how we help. And the second piece to crafting your offer is help people solve part of the problem. So get really clear on what your problem is. So like in Mailshake's example is deliverability and then help people solve part of that problem for free. And then you'll build enough trust to where they'll see, hey, there's actually a larger problem here and we need to go with your software, or your solution to solve the larger problem. And so going back to the Mailshake example, maybe we jump on a call and we say, I don't know, here's how to set up your DMARC record or here's how to uh, here are like some spammy words and, and links you should remove from your email copy so you can improve deliverability. So we help them do that for free. They see some of the open rates go up, and then we say, "Hey, by the way, there's actually a lot more that has to do with deliverability, and a lot of it can come down to your sales engagement tool. Uh, we can show you how Mailshake can solve the rest of the problem. And because we built trust by giving them free value first, they're open to seeing the whole platform. And that's essentially how you know we go about crafting our offer. But Sujeet, I'm sure like an approach like that, if the person cold called you, would probably catch a bit more of your attention.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think like there's a so uh, the steps to describe are. The example you described and the steps you describe are great. I think that's like where I think people get confused is that's the concept, that's the theory, that's the format. But like, okay, how do I apply that to my company? And I think one big mistake I see people make is they're not validating. So like you describe what we're good at, what our strengths, and then you also describe aligning that with what people are, have problems with, right? Like so our customer's pain points and our strengths in the perfect world our strength is the pain point and is a competitor weakness like it's like three uh, the trifecta but how do you know this is going to work right so i think that's one do it, like putting in the reps to make the cold calls i think folks automatically like they go hire five sdrs and then try to scale when they don't know the messaging is going to hit i like to use a service called winter w-y-n-t-r It's specifically for B2B. One of my friends actually runs it. It's really cool software. Effectively, you could do this for cold emails, your messaging, your website copy, but they get whatever you write, they get that in front of your ICP and they can give you feedback on that, right? So like one of the things for the longest time, our value prop at Mailshake was that we're just easier to use. When we actually validated that against our ICP, the brutal answer was, "That's table stakes. I don't care, right?" But then, if you talk to our customers, they do care once they get in there. But so it's an area we're strong in, but is not a pain point customers are dealing with, right? And so, if you reverse it, you ask your ICP, "What are the problems you're facing?" So I'd say, like, start with like problems your ICP is facing. Then think about where you can be strong and again, your product doesn't have to be strong in it your offer does right So like for example, you talk about deliverability. We just happen to have a product that's good at that. that wasn't the intention when we built this thing. We've just kind of doubled down in that. but really you created an offering and like added more things related to that. So like we found that deliverability works well for it's, it's a pain point. it's a way we can win deals we rejiggered and offered our cs like reworked our cs team to be able to like be super knowledgeable at that like its services people messaging it's all of that but like my point is you don't have to be it's bullshit to say your product has to be strong in this thing that you don't know right like find the thing and then find a way to be strong fast right so
0: yeah, no, I love that example. And it, it's been cool to see like how, how we've gone about doing that at Mailshake too. I think, yeah, it's a great example. And I like Winter as well. I know we've used that. I think another example too, if you're a sales rep. One thing that I did when I first joined Mailshake was I had just you know started using the platform, compared it with our competitors, just really dug into our customers or competitors, messaging things of that nature. And I came up with my own list of hypotheses, uh, whatever, you, whatever you call it, of what our offers could be. And I didn't know which one was the best one, right? But I had a list of like four or five. And then what I did is I just reached out to a bunch of sales leaders in my network. And I said, hey, would you be open to a 15 minute call? I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just want to get feedback on messaging. You know, I sent them a gift card or whatever. And on those calls, I just said like, hey, these are like some of the offers I'm thinking in Mailshake. Do any of these like resonate to you with these? Do any of these get you to act? And I think that's a really easy way you can go about doing that if you're a sales rep. That particularly helped a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really it. So like kind of the recap, is about when you're reaching out to a prospect, having some sort of hypothesis on what problems they're running into. So that just comes with a little bit of research to figure out how your offer can align with what they're dealing with. The second piece is getting really clear on the problems you solve, your differentiators with your competitors, and coming up with a list of potential offers, and then testing those offers in the market, whether that's through using a tool like Winter, just reaching out to people for feedback, or just starting to email and get feedback. Uh, again, not just going all in on it, but doing some testing before you decide to go in on that offer. Um, and then obviously scaling the offer. And we shared some examples here at Mailshake. But yeah, I think if that's something that you know, if you're struggling with low reply rates or getting meetings on cold calling, which I know a lot of people are, that's a big thing to focus on. And uh, hopefully this helps, Susan. Anything else to to add on this topic?
1: Yeah, don't scale until you figure out this offer yeah everybody has a finite list of prospects whether it's one thousand, one hundred, or 1 million like i and then the other thing is like i take a lot of this from like when i when i start thinking about marketing and building doing like recruiting folks for our podcast or video interviews and stuff don't start with the a list don't start with the best prospects. start with the b minus c list see if that resonates so so you could literally test this validate it with your icp you could test it with people in your network or who, you know your potential customer and it could still not work right or you might need to fine tune it so like hit the a-list when you figure it out for sure
0: yeah that's a really good point yeah don't go after like your primary accounts the the, the customers you really want first i love that point awesome All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, And we will see you all next week on the next episode of the Practical Prospecting Podcast. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Practical Prospecting Podcast. Remember to check out all the resources in the show notes. Feel free to leave us a review. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'll catch you guys in the next one.